Welcome to Living with a Disability, No Big Deal. This podcast is for people who want to learn how to thrive with a disability. It is also designed to share insights for those who have friends or family with a disability. Brad Gabrielson, our host, was born with cerebral palsy and uses a wheelchair for mobility. He is a North Dakota native and believes life is about managing challenges with understanding, mental toughness, and determination. Welcome to another episode of Living with the Disability No Big Deal podcast. My name is Brad Gabrielson. Our guests today are Jennifer Miller and Greg Mel from Roller Ramp. Jennifer, why don't you introduce our other two guests, please? All right. Well, good morning, everyone. Well, it's been a few episodes since I've been on, so I'm excited to be back. And we're really excited to have two very special guests today. Uh, We have Nancy Hansen, who is the president and CEO of Special Olympics North Dakota. And we also have Victor Meza III, who is the development director for Special Olympics North Dakota. So welcome. Hello. Say hello. Well, thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks for having us on. Yeah, I think uh, to chime in here, I think this is an exciting uh, podcast. I mean, uh, we've got kind of the key people of the Special Olympics North Dakota branch. So um, I think it's going to be exciting to learn a lot of different things, get some background on the uh, on the program uh, that they that they do run here just to kind of see how it's set up, how does each state work, et cetera, et cetera. So I think it's going to be a good time. What do you think, Brad? I think you're right. It's gonna, it's gonna, I'm excited. I'm willing to learn. You might even I, learn a thing or two here. So. Yeah, yeah. so, Nancy, let's just have you start out a little bit and just tell us kind of what, like, what is Special Olympics? How is it different from Paralympics? Um, what and where, where was Special Olympics founded? Um, and let's start with that. Sure. So Special Olympics, you know, really talks about and, and, and is focused on an individual. Our primary focus is on sport, and that's kind of how it started. But we have really changed to focus on the whole person. So not only do we focus on sport, but we're focusing on the health of the athlete, um, mental, mental ability, et cetera. So we have a lot of different things that have started since COVID. And we're happy to say that not only do we have a sport as our primary engine, but we have some health as well components that are built in. So if you talk about the difference between Special Olympics and Paralympics, so Paralympics is focused on an individual with a physical disability, where Special Olympics is focused on individuals with intellectual disabilities. So people could potentially have both and participate in Special Olympics. They could have an intellectual disability as well as a physical physical disability. And we do have athletes in our program that have both and they participate. But some individuals um, just have a physical disability. And right now they would mainly focus more in the Paralympic side. And then if there's a dual diagnosis, then they focus on the Special Olympic side as well. So actually um, Eunice Kennedy Shriver started Um, Special Olympics. So her sister had an intellectual disability and she wanted to make sure that she was included in a lot of different things. So she saw that her sister was was kind of put to the side, wasn't included in family situations or wasn't included in social situations. So it actually started 
um, with Camp Shriver back in the 60s um, in Eunice's backyard. So she had individuals come. She put together different sport opportunities for them and really showed everyone what someone could do, not the things that someone can't do. And that's a, a big message I think that people need to know is that, you know, we kind of pigeonhole people in certain things, but what we don't know is we don't know the true potential of individuals until we give them opportunities to try. And that's exactly what she did. And so really in 1968 is when truly when Special Olympics was founded and has been going ever since. Um, I just have a, a quick question here. Uh, when was the change made from a physical competition to the whole person? And is that change program wide throughout all the states? Yes, um, happened probably in 2020. Uh, and really there's a lot of different components. There's um, mental health, there's dentistry, there is um, physical, like um, physical therapy, there's hearing. We just added a hearing component with a, a big sponsor this year. So that's great. You know, free screenings for, for um, hearing aids, et cetera. We have eye exams. Um, we have some different med fest. Uh, and that's, that's a big component where we focus more on the, the health, where you go when you have your annual, annual examination, et cetera. Wow. So every state actually does operate independently. Um, we don't, we, we have some primary guiding rules that we have to follow uh, and, and things we have to offer and gives us some guidance on rules and boundaries, et cetera. But really every state kind of is allowed to decide in what sports they want to offer, but we need to offer them similarly. Uh, and then, you know, that's really a, a main difference, I would say, within the states is that every state, as you go and if you travel, you're going to see every Special Olympics program offers a, a little different variety. So you, so each state basically run independently then? Yes, individually and collectively. So every state um, does its own fundraising. Uh, so we do not receive any federal or state funding in North Dakota. Some states do, we do not. So that's the hard part is that, um, you know, most of our funding comes from individuals or businesses that give us some donations. And I know we'll talk about that a little bit more later, um, but that's really a, a piece for us. So we have to make sure, and, and this is a great opportunity. So again, thanks for having us on because to get our message out there, People need to know that we are not just a, a single event organization, but we are a year round organization. We don't just do one sport or one event and we're done. There's so many different things that we do all year round. Well, and I know a yeah, lot I've, of times. Uh, oh. I'm sorry, go ahead, Jen. Yeah, I was going to say, like a lot of times people associate or they think, you know, they hear Special Olympics, they think the like the spring, like track and field, but mm -hmm. what, um, yeah, what, what are the different events and, and or how long do the seasons last? Sure. So in, in the Special Olympics North Dakota, we offer 15 different um, sports right now. Wow. Uh, training seasons are eight to 10 weeks. So, you know, some people think, oh, people just show up and athletes show wow. up and they compete on a certain day. But it's just like any other team, right? And so they train 
They go, there's practices that happen once or twice a week for an hour or more a week. And so there, there's the training that happens, then it culminates with some um, sport competitions, whether it's at the area level or the city level, or whether there's different cities that come together to do district competitions, and then it finishes with a state competition. So Jennifer, you mentioned you know, the spring uh, and what that competition is. And so we do different state competitions in different cities because we service the whole state. So I think that's might be where people think we are just kind of a one-time event in the state because in their particular city, we might hold just one state competition, whereas we actually hold five different state competitions uh, and do that year round. So we have soccer in bocce that happens in the fall and that happens here in Grand Forks. And then we have our winter games so kind of that outdoor cold <laughs> sports yeah. that happen. Uh, and that state competition is called in Botno because we do skiing, snowshoeing, um, cross-country skiing, etc. Then we have um, bowling and that takes place. Our state competition is in Bismarck. We have basketball uh, and that state competition is held in Minot. And then we have our track and field and our summer games. So we have another bocce season, we have swimming, we have powerlifting, we have unified volleyball, um, we have gymnastics, we have a few others that happen in the springtime. So as you can see, we're, we're busy most of the year and that happens in Fargo. Well, I certainly have learned a lot already about the different events. I had no idea that it was that involved for, first of all, uh, year round, you know, I think uh, most people or a lot of people, maybe, maybe it's just me, I don't know, but are not aware of the diversity of the sports, number one, but also the length of the, the years events. It seems like there's things going on virtually all the time for somebody or a percentage of the people, you know, I'm sure they don't all do everything, but um You'd actually be surprised, Greg. They participate in multiple sports. So athletes, use, you know, find a sport and they pretty much compete year round. I will say, though, that our winter games probably have our least athletes because let's face it, North Dakota has really cold winters. Yeah. And so a lot of people don't want to be outside in 40 below degree weather. <laughs> yeah. Right. So so we actually are um, we're actually looking at expanding different opportunities. So we're trying to figure out, you know, what would athletes be interested in that we could do indoors or virtually during the winter time to keep people active, to keep people moving, to try to, you know, keep their activity and their interests and give people something to do. Cause let's face it, we kind of go inside in the winter and we're like, you go in and you go out and if you don't have to leave. You don't leave. Yeah. So we're trying right. to find new things um, that we have never done before. And so you'll, you'll hear and you'll see um, as we keep going, as we get things geared up and ready, you'll, you'll hear us doing some new opportunities. So it'll, we're excited about that. So do you have, uh, do you have already like a punch list of things that you guys are coming up with? Are you still developing the list of possible activities or where, where are you at on that? still kind of developing that list. So we have some that have been pretty popular in other states. Um, but what we're doing is we also want 
to make sure we're asking our athletes because we could offer something that they just have no interest in. So this um, spring-ish, I would say during the month of March, uh, we tried and we piloted cornhole. So cornhole is actually a sport now for Special Olympics. And um, so we piloted cornhole in one of our cities. It went great. We learned a lot. So that might be one we expand. Great, great, great event to fill in there. And then just, the other, oh, I'm sorry. I was going to say, just since we, we have listeners kind of from all over, what, what is cornhole? Cornhole, um, maybe people refer to it as beanbag toss. Okay. So with the boards, with the hole in the middle, and you, you have three or four beanbags that you toss, try to get it in the hole, and then you score points as you go from there. Cool. Um, I, I have a question. Uh, when, when, when you uh, uh, go through the state, when you win the state, uh, uh, what's the steps to get to the, uh, to the national team? Is it like it is on the regular Olympic team? or how, how, how Yes, that is a great question, Brad. So we actually this summer, we have 20 athletes and seven coaches going to our USA games in Florida in June. So it's perfect. I'm glad, I'm so glad you asked that. So what happens is on our state tournaments, um, anyone that places first through third in their respective sport has an opportunity to potentially get on our North Dakota team, North Dakota to go to our USA games. And so depending on, um, you know, what sports are offered at the USA games. And, and if we qualify, because sometimes they set a quota. So you have to, you know, for track, you have to run a certain speed or you have to, um, for basketball, they play different things or powerlifting, you have to lift different weights. Those are the ones we're sending so far. So if you meet their certain quota, you can qualify. And then we take a team to our USA games and then there's also an opportunity, depending on how you place there, that you can go on to World Games. So we actually have World wow. Games that are happening in Berlin in 2023. Wow. What, what month? Do, do they know yet? What month? Or? I, I don't know yet. Not quite um, I want to say it's June, probably June-ish, June maybe June-ish. Beautiful. Beautiful time to be in uh, Berlin. Mm-hmm. So you, you talked about P, uh, for people to go to for the athletes if they want to advance to the USA games and then like the world games, they have to um, maybe meet a certain kind of goal or a threshold. So I know that, you know, there's, you know, a whole kind of spectrum or range of intellectual disabilities and there's probably a range of like athletic abilities too. So do people, the, the participants, do they compete against like everyone compete against everyone or are there different divisions of, of competition? Um, can you talk about that a little bit? You bet. So athletes are a group. So according to age, gender, and ability. Okay. So looking at, you know, the male versus female, sometimes we have a co-ed group, but usually it's a male or female division. Um, and then it looks at age. So youth participate against youth. And then we try to group the age groups in kind of smaller 
if you sometimes it's more like a 10 year span, depending on the, the athletes that we have. So it might be 21 to 29, 30 to 39, etc. And then also on ability. So if we have 200 or 20 athletes within a particular division, we'll break those up so that they compare against the same ability. And so hopefully that, that helps a little bit too. How does that, uh, th that's gotta be quite a complex uh, process, number one. Um, so who like, how, I mean, seriously, how do you, do you, is this accomplished with that many athletes with that many unique, you know, skill sets? You know what I mean? I mean, it's like, yeah, we just do that. It's like, uh, well, I think there's more to it than that, but mm -hmm. we have some great coaches. So at, at all of the training sessions, um, there is an assessment done for every athlete, kind of look at all the different skills and skills are scored. And then that kind of gives you an idea of, of where the athlete kind of falls so that they can compete against like type scalability. Uh, or um, if it's track, um, they'll run and they'll take their time and then it'll be according to time as well. So our, our coaches do a lot of work for us pre-tournament time so that when tournament time comes and we're able to put people together and make a really good tournament and a good experience. You know, it's not all about winning. It's really about having a good experience when they go and if you've ever gone, or if you haven't, I encourage you to attend. Jennifer, you since your sister participated, you probably know. You know, really, some athletes that they want to win. They're very competitive. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> but we also oh, yeah. have athletes that it is amazing to go and you see they cheer for one another and they root each other on and they're they're encouraging one another throughout the competition and. And it doesn't matter if they're first or they're last. They they just want to include anyone and any way that they can. It is so very different than another team type of competition. Like you see, you know, high school now or club teams are really, really competitive. We're competitive. Don't get me wrong. We really are. But it's different. And, and it allows the athlete to be who they are. And allows them to do their best each time, whatever that looks like that day. Yeah, I think there's a a, um, a very large positive presence, a lot of positive energy, a lot of uh, it's it's a stimulating event because it's people are excited, they are you know jazzed up, they're part of a team, they're you know. And I was in track in high school, and I remember that just being you know, on the team and with the guys and whatever as, you know, camaraderie and things of that mm -hmm. nature, which is, uh, you know, pretty key. And that kind of, and so then well, what is the, the motto or the oath of Special Olympics? Doesn't that kind of tie in early? Like, let me win. If I cannot win, let me be brave in the attempt. Do you, do you still use that or say that though? Yes, we do. And we do it at, in our opening ceremonies every time. Awesome. What, what is it? Go ahead. Oh, I recited. I, it's a, let me win. If I cannot win, let me be brave in the attempt. Nice. That's a good motto for everybody in life, right? Like, yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, one of the things that we um, 
we're really looking at and we're trying to build back up is our unified sports. And so um, a unified sport pairs an individual with an intellectual disability with an individual without, and they play Mm. together or they participate together. So whether it's bocce um, or whether it's basketball or volleyball, um, those are the ones, those are the unified sports we have right now, but we also do other things, flag football, et cetera. Um, but we like to pair together because what an opportunity and what an experience you're now included with others. And now you see those individuals out in the community and now you're included in more things than just the, the single sport. And so that's one thing that we, that we're really happy about and excited about, um, but COVID hit us hard and it hit everybody hard. And so now for us, we're really looking at how can we re-recruit or recruit new um, individuals to help us volunteer, to be a coach, to be a partner, to help us at our events. And that's some of the things that, you know, that we are struggling with and we're working hard to get people back into the program you know, that unified, because we haven't been able to do anything. That unified sports thing, that's a great idea. Is that a long time deal that's been going on or that philosophy or? Yeah, it has. And we just um, started to bring that down to the school level. So in your respective cities, um, within your high schools or your middle or your elementary schools, um, we have different programming that we can offer different schools to get that inclusion started at a young level. And then that just continues to flow throughout their school and throughout their school age experience. And then when they transition to more community-based, it can continue with that as as also. So we're, that's a program we need to focus on and we need to grow, but it is a huge opportunity for us. And that's nationwide, that uh, unified trying to get uh, integration, so to speak, really is what it is. Um, yes. And, mm-hmm. uh, and my question was, how do you get the nons from the non-disabled? How do you, I mean, is it a recruiting and, and is it, is it people that are athletes and not athletes and everywhere in between, or how do you? Anyone in between, anyone with an interest. It could be, Jennifer, if you have other friends or yourself, maybe you or a partner, if you had time. Um, And it could be anyone that is a connection with another family member. And it kind of starts that way and then ends up snowballing. Um, And so in the schools, we have some schools that are, are great and they offer different things and it's leadership opportunities too so things like this you know being on a podcast and speaking about experience yeah. they can lead meetings they can lead different groups um, we have one of our athletes that is leading our usa games delegation and she's doing all of that in regard to keeping them on track keeping them motivated talking about health and wellness giving them all these different things wow. so Motivator. every day she's posting on social media wow yeah, pretty, you were talking, pretty powerful person, yeah. right? pretty strong yeah. uh, and motivated person. So then Nancy, you're talking about um, like like coaches and the partners. So are, are these all volunteer positions? Yes, all yeah. volunteer positions. And, you know, if anyone is interested in doing that, um, you know, we hope that people would be interested if they want to come and attend an event just so they can see it. I mean, we would love to have people come and attend. Um, and we'll have the, all of those things posted on our, our website. But if someone is interested in volunteering, 
they can sure go to our website. We just have a few pieces of paperwork to fill out um, as everything, right? Um, course, and then, yeah. or we can connect them with the whoever is the leader in their respective city. And then they can give them more specifics and more information. So um, coaches and partners come from all over. And, and it's just a matter of people that might be willing to give an hour or two of their time a week for eight to 10 weeks. So think if you were involved in one sport, you give eight to 10 weeks of your time, you give one to two hours, maybe a, a, you know, a week, and that's it. And then you can decide if that's what you, if you're done, you're done. And then you wait till that sport rolls around the next year, or you love it and you want to do another sport. So you know, we could all give back just a little bit. So I, you know, when you think of, you know, one to two hours of your time for a whole week, probably doable. For Absolutely. A lot of us. Right. I mean, yeah, exactly. Who couldn't trim a little fat off the old schedule <laughs> during the week, right? Really? We also, if you think, we also if you have thought about training. it really hard. What's that, Victor? Well, and, and if people want to be coaches or, or some volunteers, but don't know all the stuff about a certain sport, we also have online training that'll teach them about uh, the different sports and things like that. So even if you don't know nothing, we can we we can get you there to to know at least something about it to be that perfect coach or to be that coach. That that's really helpful resource. Is it, is it, is it important to uh, to kind of match the coach? You know, like it's like the mentor program, basically that. To get them to uh, the athlete to really um, get uh, motivated, you know what I mean? Get really close to the coach so they trust each other. I mean, there's got to yeah. be, I'm sure there's trust there. So, you know, I, I mean, have you seen that throughout the year? Like, you know, somebody new that just jumped in and then to be a coach and, and Athletes get get uh, the relationship going there. Mm-hmm. On both, both ends. Yes, uh, it is. It's really it. It truly is on both ends. So, um, you know, there's there's such great relationships that are formed in our program um, that you know whether it's a coach athlete relationship or athlete to athlete coach 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 to coach. Um, there's just so many so many unique bonds that you can make um, when you come and, and you participate in the movement. It's just a, it's rewarding. It fills your cup. You know, we've got so many things that are going the wrong way in the world. And this, this gives you a really positive, it gives you a positive light in life. Makes you look at things differently and makes you think I can do more. Mm-hmm. And to expand on that, we have, um, we have college groups, um, that uh, work with our athletes that are in college or just are in, in the general public. And they do um, multiple sports with the sports teams in our colleges. Um, for example, um, our, um, our University of North Dakota hockey team plays floor hockey with, with our athletes through, through our Special Olympics college groups. And some of those relationships keep on growing because some of our athletes still do talk to some of our um, NHL athletes um, that uh, progress through colleges and 
And even at NDSU with our Bison football team, you know, some of those relationships just keep on growing. And it's, it's, it's fun to see who, who keeps talking to who and, and, you know, those, those relationships that came, came out of that. And our, our um, UND program here actually took second. There was just a recently a national competition for Special Olympic College Clubs. And our team here at UND took second in the nation. Wow. So lots of different things, very involved. It was so fun. Amazing. So that's, so this obviously it takes a lot of people to um, put on. Is there an estimate, um, like how many, um, how many people run, you know, are, you know, are like you run the operations, uh, how many athletes are there statewide, how many volunteers and, and, or like partners are there statewide? So <laughs> Victor, we, we both are like, Oh, so there, we have five, five paid employees wow. that cover the whole state. So we were multiple hats. You see us all over. Yep. Yep. Uh, and then you know, volunteer wise, we, we have different committees that help us put together wonderful events. And so within their different uh, committees, there could be, you know, eight to 10 potential people that lead that respective, whatever event it might be. So we have approximately right now, we have probably a thousand athletes that are eligible to participate and many, many more that could participate. Uh, and so that's, that's one of the things for us. Um, we have, you know, partners, we lost a lot. We had quite a few, so we probably have a couple hundred partners uh, currently. Um, and I forgot your last question, Jennifer. Oh, I probably forgot it too. Just wondering, yeah, how many, like, what does it look like? And so, I mean, North Dakota, we're probably the second or third to smallest state you know population wise in the country but there's obviously i mean you know hundreds of people throughout the state that make this you know happen and you know you were talking about the 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 bent the um volunteering that there's been a lot of studies where um you know the talk about for the the benefits that we get for doing something selfless for volunteering where it's like well you know yes i i am helping people who are you know whether it's volunteering at the food bank or at the school or something like special olympics by me giving my time i am now rewarded because i'm helping someone else you know it's like sometimes people had the attitude well what do i get out of it why should i do it but you know, it's like we need, especially still, you know, COVID's still around and for months, everything, you know, was shut down and, you know, there was a really uh, an unfortunate increase in mental health issues, but by selflessly giving and bringing joy to other people, now the volunteers and the coaches and the, um, the unified partners get rewarded, right? And is that, Correct. Do you have, um, you know, you said there's kind of some short term, like, you know, someone might volunteer one year for one season, but do you have uh, coaches and volunteers that come back year after year? Oh, yes. We have some that have been involved in the program for, you know, probably 20, 30 years. Wow. 
And so, and we have some newer people and we have some, like I said, that have are tenured and have been here for some time. And, you know, we love that they continue to come back because they have that knowledge and they have those relationships. Um, and, and I was listening to you describe it because I was, I was interested to see how you were going to share that. Um, it's really, you know, I find myself, it's really difficult to say to someone, you know, this is what you're going to see when you come and, and yeah, I can describe what you're going to see, but what you're going to feel by giving a little bit of your time, what you're going to feel, that's a hard description. Right. So how do you you put that into words? I mean, it's, it's so hard. And, And I've been trying to share, just, you know, like, just try it, just come, just come one time, come for a couple hours, give me an hour. That's all I ask. If you don't like it and it's something that you don't want to do from now on, fine. But can you at least come for an hour and people will come. And what I hear is, oh my gosh, I'm so glad I came. This was great. I had such a good time. When's the next event? How can I help? And so that's why I say, if if people are willing to come um, and like I said, if you're willing to give an hour of your time or just show up and be a fans in the stands, who doesn't want someone to cheer them on, right? Get there and have a great atmosphere and you're going to cheer someone on to do a great job. If that's what you want to do, we'd love to have you. And when you get there and you watch and you, and you see, chances are you're going to get that feeling that's so hard to describe. And hopefully well, then we've got you hooked and we'll get you back. Right. Well, and you know, and the the title of this show, okay. So is you know, Brad was the one who came up with the name of it, but living with a disability, no big deal. So you know, we we a lot of the episodes talked about physical disability, and but even with intellectual disability, like a lot of like a lot of people aren't familiar with it. So it kind of, and I don't even want to know if I want to use the term normalizes, but it's like okay, so people maybe they're a little different, but. Mm -hmm they're just normal people who have all of the same needs that everyone else does. And it gives people, you know, right. You know, I'm doing the quotes, air quotes, regular people, but people who maybe don't have some challenges, the opportunity to be partners with and just exist alongside people who might be a little bit different. And Mm -hmm. it's, yeah, because these disabilities, well, so what, they're a little bit different, but they're, (laughs) there's still a way to do the same thing. It just, it just looks a little different, right? Yeah. So we have an individual that's an athlete of ours that actually comes in and helps us in the office once a week. Uh-huh. So she comes in and she answers her phones and she helps do different things for us. Um, and we love having her. And so, you know, would anyone give her that opportunity? I'm not sure, but we're going to help to prove that she can do a lot more than people think she can so that she has an opportunity out in the community to, you know, earn her own money, have a job, be able to feel like she is contributing um, in one way or another and, and have something outside of, of her disability. What she's not her disability. She is her as a person. Yeah. Awesome. So I think we're kind of coming up on our time for part one and our our part two, I'd said, we're going to talk about all the fun fundraising stuff, but as we uh, kind of a segue into that, um, what does your, is there like just a snapshot of what the operating budget looks like? 
to put on all this. I mean, you have five paid staff and lots and lots and lots of volunteers to make all this happen for the awesome athletes. So what is it? Yeah. Like what does an operating budget look like? Um, so, yep. So our, our budget is a, well right now, you know, until we're able to, to do more, but right now our, our operating budget is 1.3 million. Um, and you know, with that, there's a, a lot of different components, if you will. But one of the things to remember is that we do not charge a participation fee. Okay. No athlete is charged anything. So no participation fee. We help pay for all the meals, the transportation, the hotel rooms, if need to be traveling to different cities for, for competition. And so that's our, most of our money, over 80% of our money is spent on our athletes. And so, you know, raising, being able to raise more dollars will allow us to do more things. Uh -huh. And, you know, as you know, transportation costs have gone up and everything has. So we're trying to figure out, you know, how do we still be able to do everything that we need to do for our athletes? So hopefully that gives you just a little quick snapshot of no fees. If once someone wants to participate, it is completely free to them. Um, we take care of all those expenses even going to USA games. So our, our athletes are in delegation that's going no cost to them. We're taking care of that for them so that they can have that opportunity. That's fantastic. I just have just a little off the beaten path here is one of them. I have two questions. One stems from uh, me being a competitor and my suitcase of awards. I always threaten to pull out uh, when, when the kids or grandkids say anything, you know, about grandpa. I've said, don't let, don't make me bring the suitcase out. And uh, so number one is uh, uniforms. I'm sure there's uniforms. I'm just wondering how are they chosen and are they unique to each state? Yes, they are. They are unique to each state. Um, they're chosen by the area program. So each city determines their own. Um, I've heard some unique ideas uh, and different things that, that um, teams have done. So some um, will do tie-dye t-shirts for their, their soccer teams and they do them on their own. Um, some will have a, a regular um, uniform um, that they give to their teams and then they collect. Um, and this, the colors, the names of the teams are all chosen by the city, the coach and the athlete together. Really? So it's mm -hmm. that unique within mm -hmm. even the states? Yes. Okay. The, the second question is what are, what are the awards? What type of the awards, what do they consist of? And the second one, what is the percentage per capita for North Dakota for individuals who would qualify, you know, relative to other states? Do you know what I mean? I mean, I know it's a small state, but do they still kind of fit in with the per capita percentage of people who qualify for like a special Olympics games? Mm -hmm. um, that's a really good question. I don't have the answer to the per capita question. I mean, I haven't been asked that, but I, I'm going to check that out now that you asked. So I'm I was just curious. Yeah. If it's like a, if, wow, we've got twice as many others and we have half as many that actually would, you know, normally qualify in, an, in another state. But, and then are like, what are, are they getting like trophies, plaques, um, ribbons, all of the above? Yes. So they, they, um, any kind of competition, they'll get a ribbon. State competitions, we give out medals. So just like the regular Olympics that you see on TV, regular Olympics, Paralympics, where they get the gold, silver, bronze medals, we do the same thing. So for our state wow. competitions, we give out medals for each of the divisions 
in each of the different sports. How about, how about in the national games? Do they, uh, is it the same way as given out in the state too? Yep, same thing for national games. So they, they give out the ribbons for fourth place through eighth place, if you will. And then first, second, and third get gold, silver, and bronze. So, you know, you talk about pulling out your medals and your, your trophy case. Um, we have athletes that have multiple, multiple medals. And My so gosh. they love to bring them out and share them. We have some oh, that have yeah. walls um, in their apartments that they've got display cases for all their different medals. And yeah. Sporting it, the swag. I'm sure there's so no fun problem to see. sporting the swag of these guys that are <laughs> Just a little bit, right? I can tell you, my sister, she has, I mean, from she probably joined when she was like shortly after she was eligible. So, you know, eight, 10 or something. So after decades of competition, she has hundreds of medals (laughs) and ribbons, and all of them are written on. I mean, the back of every, whether it's the ribbon of the medal or the back of the ribbon, it is written like what where it was when where what so those are those are really fun to see yeah then i have one more question for you um um does the states when they have to travel the world games does the states have to throw in a fee to cover some of their athletes um uh way to the world games or does uh does that, uh, does that part of the organization take over? I mean, that's a good question. Some- yes, each state has to contribute um, a certain amount per athlete that they send to go to a world game. So, if we send a couple people to Berlin, then we need to contribute it. It's usually around, you know, in the past, it's been around $7,000 a person. Um, to be able to send those people there. Um, but Special Olympics um, International covers like all the uniform, all their gear that they would need for that, their meals, their hotels, that sort of thing. We kind of help give them some of the funding and then and then Special Olympics International does some corporate sponsors to help with the rest of the expenses. So there's no, na- is there, there's no national pool that kind of pools in and kind of makes up the difference or... Yes, there is, there is a national pool. We, you know, every state contributes a certain amount and then the national takes care of the rest. Mm -hmm. So some of their personal coaches that they they have all year, do they go with them to the uh, role games in? No. 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 So sometimes, um, sometimes there might be a coach from North Dakota, but there's no athletes going and they might coach athletes from any state. So uh, it could be very different. So no, unfortunately, you might go as an athlete, but you might have a coach from Texas or from Washington, um, whatever that state might be. And they, they coordinate with one another. So they talk to one another and say, okay, this is what I want you to do. They make sure that they're doing what they need and, and doing the training that they okay. need to, to get there. Okay. All right. Well, thank you so much. And I guess this, you know, we'll maybe try to wrap up this episode and then in 
part two, we'll have Victor will have the floor talking about all the fun fundraising things that happen just to figure out how do you get all this yeah. money to operate. Sounds great. Well, th- mm-hmm. hopefully that helps give people just a little bit more information about Special Olympics in general. And, you know, as I said, we're happy to to answer any questions. If people have them, they can surely visit our website um, or they can give us a call and we'll be happy to uh, to help them along. And that's just the wrap up. So how do they contact you? What's the website, email, phone number? The- Victor, I'll let you tell them that. Yeah, uh, they can visit our website at www.specialolympicsnd.org. Um, they can email us at info at specialolympicsnd.org, or they can just uh, simply give us a call at 701-746-0331. And, and uh, we also have our, e- our individual emails on there. So if there's any specific questions regarding fundraising or just the program in general, they can reach out to us specifically. Well, I, for one, did not realize the scope and the magnitude of this myself. I mean, tore the lid right off because uh, I did not know there's that much, um, you know, framework and just how big it was. The opportunities are, I mean, it's like the real deal. It's like legit stuff going on here. So that was uh, an eye opener for me. Um, so that was, that was fantastic. Well, we'd love to have you all volunteer or coach or Mm -hmm. participate in any way. So hopefully with the information we've just, we've just gained three new people. If you haven't been participating yet. Well, yeah, yeah, that's a great idea. I've been kind of thinking about that in the back of my head and we didn't have time to get to it, but Brad is like, uh, played wheelchair basketball way back in the day and they were so good. I think what Brad, you never lost. And then you also uh, challenged the normal kids to, uh, to a basketball game. And I think they had to be in chairs as well or something. Yeah. We, you know, everybody had to be in wheelchairs. Even we even took on the, on the, the bucket, um, um, you know, we went to the Civic Center and we played, you know, Marriott Rollins started his own team, you know, and we played against him one day when we had to stay five feet away from the athletes because we couldn't run into their hands or anything like that. But they all had to sit in wheelchairs. Of course, we had to make sure they scored a few buckets. But, uh, yeah, we played some wheelchair basketball. It was fun. Yeah. <laughs> it was something to do. That was, I think, from one of our episodes in season one. And when yeah, Brad was talking about, yeah, his days as a student at Ann Carlson. And yeah, yeah. you played wheelchair basketball and you beat the able-bodied people who were in, in chairs. The- All the time, because they, they didn't realize how, how our feet was our wheelchair. Their feet right. their So, you Watch. know, and, and so... They didn't have any clue. <laughs> oh, I'm sure the players relished going against that in that game. It's like, bring it on, guys. Yep. We, well, we let them we let them know that it's uh, you know, just because you're just because you're disabled doesn't mean we're not a person. So and they learned fast. And um, you know, we used to go over to over to state playing basketball, South Dakota, Minnesota. So um it was fun <laughs> so. 
Yeah. And square dancing team. We had a square dancing team too. So square dancing team. Yep. All right, uh, cool. <laughs> yep, on that anyway, note, that sounds like another episode, but yeah, on that, that note. <laughs> much, but we had fun doing that too. So but yeah. But anyway, um I want to thank everybody for being here for this episode and uh um uh, thank you very much everybody and I want to sign off now. Thank you for listening to another episode of Living with the Disability, no big deal podcast. Thank you very much and have a wonderful day. Thanks a lot, guys. Thanks, Brad. All right. Thank you for listening to this episode of Living with a Disability, No Big Deal. Sponsored by Rolleramp. This podcast features Brad Gabrielson, who encourages everyone with a disability to live life to the fullest. Rolleramp is a global company based in North Dakota, dedicated to helping people find solutions to accessibility needs. We hope you'll join us again next time on Living with a Disability, No Big Deal.